Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our Gospel proclamation comes from the Gospel of St. John in chapter 10. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our Gospel proclamation comes from the Gospel of John in chapter 10, verses 11 through 18, that I just finished reading for you, and serves as the basis of our theme for the fourth Sunday of Easter. What could be more ideal than that? Wouldn't that be ideal? Now, there is a phrase we bandy about in a variety of ways. We may be saying it dripping with sarcasm in response to somebody's worldview that everything would work out fine if everyone just did their solution to an ever-present problem. Well, wouldn't that be ideal? But then, we may say it earnestly when somebody hopes that an ample reward will be handed down for the day's hard work done by all involved. Oh, that would be ideal. We may say it at a job interview. When we hear what the job entails and how great the pay is, and then the interviewer realizes you're the right man or woman for the job and asks you when you can start. That would be ideal. In any of those cases, we know what that would be ideal means. It means best case scenario. Happy days are here again. Time to get joyfully to work. In life, we even have those ideal people we turn to all the time. The ideal plumber, the ideal home handyman and electrician, the ideal teacher, the ideal minister, the ideal church volunteer, the ideal city council member, the ideal doctor. And we know who they are because they have been ideal in the sense that they are an example to anyone that could be emulated for success in their respective vocation. But what about when they are not ideal, make mistakes, or turn out to be less than the ideal person we thought they were? Well, sometimes 
it doesn't matter. We know people are sinners. After all, to err is human, and to forgive is divine. Other times, we are hurt and disappointed and lose all faith in the individual that was never supposed to act that way. And then, there are times when we just dismiss it, find the next ideal candidate, and leave the last one in the past. Surely this one will pick up where the last one left off with nary a thought to the former. So, we either forgive, adjust loyalties, or simply move on, realizing maybe there is no ideal, and we should have been mature enough to realize that to begin with. Today in our gospel, all of the above was happening with the people of God, and they may have already been forgiving, changing allegiances, or just moving from one to another political, spiritual, or civic leader in their respective communities. We could see it clearly with their following after various kings, governors, and possibly craftsmen, guild leaders. We have many examples of the people flocking to the latest ministry communities and prophets even identifying themselves with their names. We definitely see it with migrations that move the people to various regions who want to settle in new lands for a better life and embrace their new identity in their new ideal community. It is a condition as old as time. As long as there has been political leadership, commerce and industry, and spiritual enlightenment, there have been people flocking to the scenario they considered ideal. But was it really? Help us out, if you will, our beloved experienced retirees, by just answering yes or no out loud, if you would please. Has there ever been a particularly perfect politician? No. Has there ever been a model family? No. Has there ever been an ultimate career without any drawbacks? No. Has there ever been an impeccable pastor? No. Okay, y'all answered that one a little too enthusiastically. But... You're right. Nothing is ideal. In fact, Scripture says so. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Now, if that were all not enough to ruin your self-respect today, it's actually even worse than that. For Scripture also continues that whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. And that is what the gospel is talking about today. Not us, not our politicians, not our pastors or teachers or the police and fire protection or doctors or lawyers or business people. 
The gospel is talking about the only thing that can be ideal, and that is our eternal good shepherd. He is the one that can be depended on without fail. He is the one that proved his dependability by faithfully walking to Golgotha, carrying the cross we should have hauled ourselves, and then putting himself in place of us so we would never have to suffer like he did. He is the one that revealed himself as the one true God, rising from certain death and proving he was actually physically alive again and again and again. He is the only ideal God we will ever need. And what are we? Well, we are his sheep. And while there is no such thing as an ideal sheep, God gives us the perfect metaphor to live by until he returns to take us home to the new heavens and the new earth. So, what do sheep do? Well, the smart ones stay with the flock. They know that there is danger when they are alone and they are ill-prepared to handle their enemies one-on-one. But if they stay with the flock, they are close to the shepherd who protects them and defends them from all enemies, foreign and domestic, as it were. Next, they eat, sleep, and drink. They eat the good food and drink that the shepherd leads them to and stay away from that which the shepherd warns them is dangerous to life, limb, and body. Finally, and actually should always be foremost, they listen to the voice of their shepherd. For in listening to the shepherd, they know where to go, for he leads them to green pastures and still waters and safe haven for their rest at night. But there is one more thing they do. And honestly, they probably wouldn't if they didn't have to. But we know from nature, if they didn't, it's probably because they got separated from the flock, and that is have their fleece shorn from their body. Now, this is important because the sheep that doesn't can collapse under the weight of their fleece and even die if it is not trimmed off of them. But if it is, each time they grow it back and have another healthy coat to offer again. We, like sheep, need our shepherd to shorn our gifts of time, talent, and treasure to give to others so the kingdom of God will continue to be a viable community, always ministering to those in need, but more importantly, to always be joyfully ready for the bring Jesus' other sheep into our flock at faith here in Eustace so they can be cared for always by their ideal shepherd Yes, we may not have an ideal pastor. We may not even be an ideal church or school. But we will always have the only ideal shepherd who is always with us. 
We will always have his ideal word that we can always listen to. We will always have the ideal foretaste of the eternal feast of his kingdom in communion, and we will always have the ideal still waters of baptism that reminds us we are his. And what can be more ideal than that? Amen.